Roll it. Still gonna send angry text messages. Me too. I'm gonna also send some angry texts. I feel inspired Same. by Dominique's angry texts. <sighs> Are we sending the angry texts each other? <laughs> uh, I should. I gotta delete this thing I sent to my mom if we're doing that. I messed up what this challenge was. Hello. Hey, I like the sun shining on your face from mm. one side. It's glorious. It's definitely glorious and not a technical oversight. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Uh, it feels like God is watching Debatable today. My it's Lord like and the Savior. Cowboys old stadium. <laughs> Remember that where they had like a little light in the middle of the field? And That's right. Says, That's right. The hole is for God to watch, which is mm. a lot better than... Like you remember the um, the Falcons coach, uh, was it Glenn? Jerry Glanville used to leave a ticket at Will Call for um, Elvis Presley. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yep. There was always a ticket at Will Call because Elvis wasn't dead. He just was hiding. And what he needed to lure him out, <laughs> the bait he needed to lure him out was to watch <laughs> the, the 1990s Falcons. I thought, I thought we were going with that jerry reference oh, oh, but we could you went a bunch of different ways yeah you, you taught me something i didn't know alabaster did you know any of that the only thing I, yeah i did but i also knew that that's the joke you were loading up for pablo and i was very thankful that dominique could filibuster <laughs> to the point that you weren't gonna give <laughs> no that joke useful. no but longer useful you powered through um <laughs> let's talk some hoops all right guys kevin durant sprained his ankle in pregame warm-ups we are unsure of the severity, but they think it could be a grade two sprain. He could miss the remainder of the regular season. How will it affect the Suns' title chances if he doesn't play again with this team until the playoffs? So I believe, Dominique, that no one recovers from leg injuries better than <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah. The problem is that I don't think anybody gets more leg injuries than Kevin Durant. I mean, like, if, if there was problem. somebody if there was somebody in the running for getting more leg injuries, Kevin Durant had overtaken them for the sheer absurdity of this particular leg injury. Yes. Describe it. Yeah, if you have not seen this, here it is. We can show it. <laughs> it's not even a oh, it's not even a game. It's no. Just, a layup oh, just in gosh, warm-ups. That left ankle just Perpendicular. Tilted. Yeah, it looks Isis. very painful. And I mean, I, he was able to come back from the previous knee injury and assimilate right into that team seemingly without a hitch. Yes. Presumably he'll be able to do that again. But I do think that there are some things about familiarity that would help to spend more time together. But it's not like they're going to spend a whole season or two seasons together. I don't know how different he's going to be. Uh, you could argue that the rest is. I guess he's been resting a lot this season because he had a bunch of injuries. So I don't know what the positive argument on this. It's just depressing. And I remember talking about this team and comparing them to other teams in the West. And I kind of discounted the, the Clippers in part because mm -hmm. Kawhi gets injured a lot. And some jerk named Alabaster was like, <laughs> KD gets injured a lot too. And I made a whole argument about how it's different. I'm we did sorry, do jerk. that. We did do that. Yeah, it's fair to point out, as Alabaster may or may not have pointed out explicitly, uh, that Kevin Durant has not played more than 55 games now in four straight seasons. And, and so the thing about him being the universal travel adapter who connects and powers any offense and also being the guy who recovers better from lower body injuries than anybody else, all of that's great. But you just wonder in a real way, and I guess we should stop wondering, if he's just doomed 
to keep suffering stuff like this incredibly inconveniently from yeah age 35 36 37 whenever he retires from here on out man this is now it's now verging on like oh this is his mythology is he's unable to stay healthy and be actually as good as he should be he's already far out far surpassed what we could have expected for a body that was built like that playing the way that he played absolutely like the concern was he couldn't like it wouldn't last for a couple of seasons it's lasted for more than 10. it's been great and the tough thing i think about these recent uh lower bodies injuries is they feel like flukish Whereas it's like it's not a you can say the Achilles was a was connected to age because like ligaments get a little bit more brittle as you get older and yeah that's normally an age injury if you got friends that are my age hopefully they've given up on basketball like me because a friend of mine a couple weeks ago popped that thing because he thought he could still play basketball and it happens but like rolling your ankle on a warm up layup that just feels fluky and like people falling on your legs like that's stuff that happens to a lot of players. Most players lose miss time because of it. Some players, uh, like LeBron James, can heal right through it. But even he seems like the to. injury bug has, yep. yeah, has, has caught up to him. Yeah, I, I just wonder about, and again, I say wonder because the human body is a glorious mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out that to was, our Lord and Savior. But it sexual. also is clearly, for him, a question of structural integrity. Like, it, I don't know enough about about anyone's kinetic chain but i just know that this stuff feels cumulative dominique and so look the nba beyond the pseudo medical science aspect of this the nba is wide open and so we could be dealing with a story that is irrelevant by the second round of the postseason but this the stakes here are are um worth saying if the suns don't make the finals this year this deal looks terrible yeah and this is the reason why if you were a naysayer it wasn't because of talent it was because we're trading our depth our young guys our young you know maybe not stars right now but at least one of them mikhail bridges looking like one um we were trading it for the guy who can't get on the floor reliably which sucks yeah so the human body is not that mysterious i apologize to your partners pablo but i will say (laughs) that that, um the the, i I feel like all sorts of things i have the big picture view when it comes to kevin durant and one of the things that or there are two things that like exist in my mind when i think of kevin durant and these are two things that should not be able to exist when you're talking about the same player is that his career seems like an incredible hall of fame great in the conversation amongst the all-time greats but his career also feels a bit disappointing it's Mm -hmm. it's a weird way to look at it and i don't think it makes sense but and it's not something i would have said before this last injury but it just feels like time after time early in his career in okc he came up short which is like the makings of the great story where you come up short and then you build it and then he's not able to he comes up short again in okc against the warriors and goes somewhere else and then has the success in golden state but it still doesn't feel like he's reached a certain mountaintop and then again disappointment out in uh, new york where he gets his whole super team together and then it doesn't work out and now he moves to phoenix where again he has a super team that's definitely going to be a contender if nothing else and it seems like it's falling apart before it can even get going it's just weird to have a player who is an all-time great first ballot Hall of Famer um, in the conversation for greatest scorers we've ever seen, whose career also feels like a letdown. 
No, it's a bunch of what ifs. I mean, it's not just the infamous toe on the free throw yeah. line against the Bucks in Game Seven, although that is part of it. But it, but now, yes, it is Somebody him feeling like that's a good story. Oh, do people do people read anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if people read, not, I would I would really. write this story or make you write it, but. Mm. I'm I'm done. I mean, the human body is a mystery in the sense of why, like, my wrists don't write anymore. Um, these fingers don't type. Alabaster. Uh, you're doing it wrong if you're using your wrists. What? How do you just bang the keyboard? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You don't. Well, this is gonna get real disgusting real quick if Alabaster does not yeah, jump in us, here. Save us. <laughs> I, I got one quick question, which is that the West, while maybe not as strong in years past, is a deep conference. And we have a chance of the Suns having to play the Warriors, the Clippers, or the Mavericks in the first round. Those are all very distinct are distinct possibilities. Um, he's Kevin Durant. We know that when he plays, he's going to be bleeping awesome. But we are also pushing the bounds of lack of team chemistry and continuity here. Would one of those series scare you if you are a Suns fan looking at that series and that matchup with a Durant that's played three games with the Suns? All of yes. <laughs> There's, I mean, All I guess the, the Mavs would be the scariest series because that's one team that you really can't, I think, reasonably lose to. The other two, I think a healthy Kevin Durant has a chance of losing to them. Um, yeah, all of those are issues. And we talked about this a bunch before with the benefit of, of that the Warriors have in being together. Is there are some things that you don't need to communicate there. Uh, mm-hmm. NBA playoff games are a lot about adjustments, in-game adjustments. It's really easy to make those in-game adjustments with guys with whom you've made those adjustments years and years before previously. So it's going to be hard for them either way, whether he didn't roll his ankle or did roll his ankle. But it gets a little bit harder, I think, to have those adjustments in those communications that you would like to be three words that remind someone of a whole game plan from a year ago, they can't do that. They're going to have to go through the entire communication, which means it limits the, their flexibility in the course of a game or course of a series. It's actually a testament. The biggest compliment we can pay to Kevin Durant is the fact that we are asking this question honestly. If this is any other player <laughs> with this injury history, we're saying, sorry, sons, your season's dead right now. And only because we believe he can plug and play unlike anybody else do we even entertain the idea that they could still make a run. And for that reason, yeah, I am out. I think so. The adjustment thing is one thing, but I also think that he's kind of a one man adjustment. And if he is capable, like he makes such good decisions and it feels like there are you can't force him into a bad shot because the people who are guarding him are either smaller than him or not as athletic and coordinated as he is. So if you force him into a double team, then he makes the decision and the swing begins and it potentially it lands on hopefully Devin Booker or Chris Paul with the open shot. Uh, and if it doesn't land on them, then they're in trouble. So that's yeah. DeAndre Aiden. Remember that time you hated your job and wanted to leave? It's your time, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, The thing I'm looking forward to is if if big bro Kevin Durant is not there, Luca is going to torment Devin Booker if that series happens, and it's going to be hilarious how that how that all shakes out. Um, That's right. Let's move on to an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a conundrum. Aaron Rodgers. Um, There's optimism he's going to end up in the Jets. The Jets are salivating for him. 
how good do you think the Jets will be if they do get Aaron Rodgers? There are like 50 things that are very funny about this story. To answer your question first, though, I think they're like a top five team in the AFC. They have a top five defense by every metric, and now they're the most obviously like one quarterback away team in the NFL. And even if this is subprime Aaron Rodgers, Dominique, yeah. this feels like a team that's behind the Chiefs still, behind the Bengals still. Um, I guess maybe you're like neck and neck with the Dolphins for the second best team in the AFC East. But by and large, and the Chargers, maybe they're like there in that zone, but that's a top five team. Just yeah. straight up. Top five in the AFC is what you said, which sounds like yes. a compliment until you start thinking about it. Because in football, <laughs> like there are seven teams that make the playoffs. There's traditionally only six, but we've added a seventh recently. Saying you're top five in the AFC is not why you pay somebody $60 million and send presumably a ton of draft picks over. It's Unless not to be top five. You're the Jets. <laughs> in which case your thirst for that superlative yeah. is unparalleled even if you're the jets i think that you do and it doesn't guarantee them uh the their division it doesn't guarantee them anything i feel like we would feel a lot different right, if it buffalo. were the yeah they have to go against buffalo and miami depending on tua is good i think we're at the point where we don't give the patriots the benefit of doubt anymore the belichick mm -hmm. glow is worn off we're past that with him and Mac Jones. So maybe they aren't competitive, but they could up and put together a game plan that could give you trouble. He's still probably the best defensive coach of all time. But I would say that if it were two years ago, I guess it just depends on what, what do you believe was a result of, or what do you think caused last year's slump? Mm -hmm. If you believe it was the broken hand or broken thumb, then yes, because you're getting back back-to-back -back MVP Aaron Rodgers. If you believe it was the departure of Nathaniel Hackett, then yes. You, he's going to reunite with the great yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. Oof, and it'll be finally. Great. If you believe that it was because he didn't have a true number one receiver until late in the year, yeah, Garrett Wilson's a true number one receiver. So I feel like there are more reasons to have confidence in Aaron Rodgers getting there and this working out, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers is an unusual guy. And maybe there's something else that's going to happen. But I think it, there's one thing I do feel confident about with Aaron Rodgers is – He's very aware of the way that he's talked about, and he does seem to respond to slights and public discussion. And we <laughs> saw what happened when they went and drafted uh, Jordan Love. He won back-to-back -back MVPs. So uh, him being forced out of Green Bay and listening to everyone say that he's not the greatest or not amongst the greatest, I think you see a good version of Aaron Rodgers. So I'd be willing, as I do know how football works and that mm. from year to year, you can't promise teams will be good. So it's hard to project that they'll be good, but I'd be willing to say, you said he was five. I'd say they'd be number four. Wow. See, speaking of the number four, Dominique, I believe that when Aaron Rodgers left his four day itinerary oh. in the total darkness room, cause he left two days in reportedly, he left two days in. I like to think that he realized that being the guy who was the most outspoken opponent of the pharmaceutical industry in pro sports was actually something he could trade in for being the star acquisition for the billionaire heir to yeah. uh, Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> I like to think that he was like, you know what? This is this is what my destiny truly is now. I need to be the biggest hypocrite on the thing I care the most about possible. Can you be um, 
it didn't sound as crazy at the time as as crazy as everyone thought it was that Aaron Rodgers was going on a darkness retreat. I was like, no, it's not that crazy. The man just trying to figure out things, explore his own uh, psychology or whatever. Yeah. And then when you said he left two days early, like, yeah, that was a stupid idea to go in the first place because <laughs> he right now is off work. He on summer vacation and he's a multimillionaire. Why the f <laughs> when I go sit in a dark room, like I don't got no job and I got all the money and I'm single. Like at sir, at th after two days, he was like, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. What am I doing sitting in a dark hole when I could be anywhere, like literally anywhere else in the world doing just about whatever I want to do? That seems like a sign of good sense. Get out of the darkness. So to you, if you have your choice, and again, the price tags are what they are in reality, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is going to, cost x and lamar is going to cost what x plus well why I mean, lamar doesn't have to cost, cost as much because lamar is looking aaron Rodgers' deal is set and he's not trying to change that deal i guess you could try to renegotiate it i'm not sure how much cap relief you can actually get because my assumption is a lot of his money has been pushed to the back end of this contract and he's not going to give it up um lamar jackson you can presumably put together a contract that uh gives you more cap relief and you can spread it out over the course of uh five years or so if you think mm. that he's going to be a quarterback for five years but you have to hope that the ravens don't match it and you already know what the compensation is so yeah i, I think lamar jackson's uh future is much more promising than aaron Rodgers' future and you could even mm. argue his present if and again this goes back to whether you Might think be. it was the, the broken thumb or not i think you could point to uh, the style of play as differences that you might um, take issue with. However, I think that a lot of this has to do with Greg Roman and we, I'd be interested to see Lamar Jackson in a more uh, pass heavy offense. It's never going to be his like most dangerous skill, but I think it's something that he can do better than he's done up until this point with the right, right weapons and the right scheme. I just want them to get Lamar Jackson so that, logically they would just fire nathaniel hackett and they're like well that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean nathaniel hackett is bait like he just they just absolutely they just uh they hired him in order to put him on a hook and hang him outside <laughs> their facility and just put outside fans that dark all room. Just put fans all around him so they blow the scent of hackett out in aaron Rodgers' direction just <laughs> oh wait is that Can you guys Photoshop one of those like wildlife night cams where it's like Aaron Rodgers and like the uh, sort of like x-ray negative, oh, like gosh. wandering through the dark, sniffing for Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> who's like in a bear trap. <laughs> you guys have that production yeah, capacity. Uh, uh, nice Kelly green colored bear trap. That's right. Uh, you guys ready to talk about Fred VanVleet? Are we at oh. the Fred VanVleet point of it now that we're, what a we're photoshopping bear you, traps? You're the one that, that didn't put up the, the topics card. You're the one that wanted more. We gave you more, and now <laughs> I, you seem I, disappointed. No, I, I, I checked long ago. Um, uh, you, you didn't check quick enough. That's true. Um, we got some sound for you here. What's your reaction to Fred VanVleet's comments I love it. about the refs? I love it. Let's listen. I love it. I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know. Um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that mm -hmm. on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up, you oh, know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple, <laughs> couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously, 
You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a tech, change mm -hmm. the whole dynamic yep. of the game, change the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate mm -hmm. well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, mm. just kind of <laughs> damn up. Nobody's coming yeah. to see that. Nope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, true, true NBA fans, like the biggest, most hardcore ones, they know so much more about the refs than I do. Like I know the names of like two refs. I'm generally facially remembering a bunch mm -hmm. of others, but Ben Taylor Gucci versus man. Fred Van man. Vliet. Well, Fred Van Vliet has been hunted by Ben Taylor. Three of his eight technicals have come from him. They have, well, they've, met in six games in four of them he's got in technicals dominique so at this point like my suggestion which would have otherwise been you know be careful like you want to be diplomatic you know the refs are going to get revenge on you he's already like what the else can he do i'm already at rock bottom with this like yeah i'm gonna start pointing that out so me like more casual relative observers can know what's up there is no way to criticize this. Like from the beautiful sweater, I'm sorry that you're in a place where you still have to wear sweaters because it's, it's March. Necessary. Time to, yeah, time to let them arms out. But from the sweater all the way down to the word choice, everything, all the way down to him saying, no, not all the refs. Like establishing his credibility in his fairness by saying, no, most of them are doing a good job, doing the best they can. But this one I personally loved it. Not only was it entertaining, but I think it was effective. And for, I don't know what it's going to end up costing him, but he knew what he was purchasing. He was purchasing oh, yeah. more attention on Ben Taylor. And I promise you, the next time that he's refing one of their games or refing anybody else's game, like he's going to be more conscious of it because we are going to be watching. I have not gone back and taken a look at all the texts because Fred suggest that the texts are not fair they're kind of soft texts and and he has it out for him but i think that what happens as a result of this if he does not care about the money which it seems like he does not then what he's doing is going to be effective strategy to make sure that there's going to be extra bit of scrutiny on the way that he is treated by all refs but that one in particular so once you're at yeah at your wits end why not drop some f-bombs well it is it is the ultimate <laughs> Sir, let me begin to use all of the synonyms that must be bleeped on shows, even like this one, to describe you. Because what he is doing is calling, I mean, it's one guy in specific, but what I would be worried about from the big picture perspective of all the Raptors, who again have suffered under Scott Foster, giving a tech to Scotty Barnes in a one-point game with 28 seconds left the game before this, what I'd be worried about is like how 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 mobbed up are all of these refs in the sense of like they're a brotherhood man like ben taylor may have caught the bullet and the other guys might have got off clean but i don't know if they take it that way it kind of feels like you go at one of us you go to all of us that would be my concern i mean i get you with exception of the fact that he was like no not them other dudes he made it clear i like you guys so they, they might just go ahead and sacrifice you. I don't know how much you know about the mob, but all that, like, I'll do some time for you. That's for the movies. They be snitching <laughs> in real life. So I don't know if they are as mobbed up as you think. 
the the real shocking thing of all this is why are the Raptors not good? Like yeah. I, I was watch I actually watched a, a great deal of that game and was shocked NBA at how many Dominique. yeah, as shocked at how many good players they had and despite and they still are like in wizard territory. They have like is, a half dozen yeah. switchable six right. eight like, athletes. You remember a few years ago when people was trying to tell me Siakam was gonna be like like up there with everybody else and like mm-hmm. he's playing like it i guess scotty barnes is out there looking impressive yep. fred bland got a whole bunch of money it's like they look like a team that should be good but they aren't so maybe is it just frustration i don't know what was your philosophy with dealing with officials did you ever get like in one's face to the point where it became beef quality like um conflict no it never carried on i mean the the in the league they the teams put a lot of or put some effort into telling you what um official team you're gonna get like uh the coaches will tell you like these guys are more aggressive on holding and blah blah and but i mean it moves so fast maybe for a better player it would factor into how you approach the game but i it never meant anything for me i wasn't like i can hold for three seconds here because right. or like i've got to be like you just play the way you play like i remember very bad calls i there was one we against the Bengals and uh chad johnson ran a post and i because i was terrified of getting beat deep i beat him to the post by a couple yards and i'm about to catch the interception dives on the back of my legs and it's just a blatant pass interference i was Furious. That's the most angry I ever remember. Remember being at a ref. It's like I just ran up to the ref and's like swinging my hands and yelling. I didn't get a penalty. Do you want to? Do you want to call him out now? I don't. However know many was. years later, do you want to go Ben name. Taylor on him? I would definitely go Ben Taylor on that, <laughs> but I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, we're getting in dangerous territory. Good I'm check. so excited for this one. All right, guys. So oh, yeah, this is magnificent too. We need to specifically say we are taping this on Thursday afternoon. It is before the Warriors play the Grizzlies tonight. So if R. something R. happens B-I-G. tonight, we're covered. We taped this ahead of time. Are you here for Draymond going on his podcast and eviscerating Dylan Brooks? <laughs> Let's listen first. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite yeah. frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Oh. Should be happy that you even oh. witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Too, quite Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. Mm. So if you have four rings, sure you talk <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, that hurts. For All-Stars? You probably you talk me. a bit more. Ooh, you want to be Defensive me. player of the year? Ooh. Damn sure would talk me. more. Two Olympic gold medals? Ooh. You definitely would be talking because that would mean you you be For your USA country. And oh, damn. We all know how You're that Canadian. Goes, so You're not even gets American. away with a lot, too. <laughs> what exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb <laughs> Okay, great. His game that is me cool. down, dumb Wondered. Why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship? Look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually that depending one. on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? 
the dynasty starts after you, mm. not with you. He plays with heart, knows the ins and outs of the defense. I want to be quite frank, I made the ins That's and outs of our one. defense. Oh, I built I guess this why they like him over there. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. It ain't happening for you. Like, that was bad. That was yeah. bad for Dylan Brooks. That was, that was rough. I mean, in the in the the wake of the Chris Rock uh, stand up, it was pretty uncomfortable and mean. That was mean, but it didn't make me uncomfortable. Like I I, I appreciate his comedy stylings a little more. Like it was sharp and smart and funny and perfect and accurate. Like it's it fantastic. Draymond Green is multi-talented. And to be fair, yes, he ended up in a situation, and I think probably even he would agree that had he ended up somewhere else, his career would not have gone as well as it has. Mm -hmm. Draymond, yeah. Yeah, I think even Draymond would agree with that. But we living in the real. And right now, <laughs> that man's going to the Hall of Fame, and thank God that he ended up where he was, because if he didn't, we wouldn't have this platform. And all the things that have happened in Draymond's life has led us to getting that two minutes of quality content. <laughs> so thank you, universe, for letting Draymond loose on all of us. You are going to get this podcast, is a thing <laughs> that man said. Wow. In the, the playoffs. Well, in and... the playoffs. It wasn't the finals, yeah. But the point is, Draymond Green smelling on Dylan Brooks, the the desire of someone trying to be Draymond Green is the most unfair fight imaginable. Because he knows that Dylan Brooks, on some level, by giving that big block quote about Draymond, is doing Draymond karaoke. And Draymond's like, oh, you, you like to play my songs? This is what it sounds like. Don't you dare try to cover a Draymond Green. <laughs> Who was that? It was like uh, Aretha Franklin or somebody was was mad at somebody covering their songs. Oh, well. I don't beautiful gowns. It was, it was. Dylan Brooks has beautiful <laughs> gowns. Yes. It was. It's incredible. And I think um, one thing I learned from all of that is Draymond is eminently, eminently more likable when he has someone who is Draymonding for him because <laughs> when he's punching Jordan Poole in the face, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good right. when he's like punching uh, LeBron James in the testicles. We don't champion that when he's fighting people or when he's uh, throwing tantrums on the court because Jordan Poole won't pass in the ball and then causing a turnover. Like none of that is fun. But when there is somebody who is, potentially less likable than Draymond Green. And to be clear, I like Draymond, but I recognize that he has a lot of characteristics that could make him unlikable to a lot of reasonable people. But nobody, nobody can watch that and see what he did there and not appreciate the value that Draymond Green brings to content, let alone basketball.
I, I feel like Dylan Brooks's only move, and it is a sadder one, is to launch a podcast so that he can respond. You can't do that. You can't. I know he can't, but I feel like if I'm jumping into the mind of the guy doing Draymond karaoke, I'm just furious that I can't respond. You you can't challenge, you can't continue to challenge him in domains where he is comfortable and dominant. Because as soon as you launch (laughs) a podcast. It's like fighting a shark in the water. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to get my revenge. Let me dive in and fight Jaws with my fists. Like, once you do that then he's you're just giving him more ammunition because you will then have i don't know five thousand downloads to draymond's <laughs> killing it and then you're following him again you must try to challenge him to a dance off you got to get him somewhere where he's uncomfortable get that shark out the water don't keep diving in <laughs> after draymond you got to get him get him on land because you don't stand a chance <laughs> with jaws in the open ocean yeah I, we just gotta uh... fight him Yes. You got to challenge Draymond in a competition that Draymond would lose, like a not punching someone in the nuts contest. <laughs> uh, we have a, a, a non-tech off. It's like, who can go the longest without getting attacked? That's a, that's a challenge. I, I don't know if, if Dylan Brooks is the person for that competition, Pablo. Yeah, that's, that's a fair. good point. Yeah, that that's is... a good point. The one thing that hits me now thinking about this is how desensitized we've become to like – incendiary content because like so true this is the last block on this show (laughs) can you imagine like five years ago if a future hall of famer was talking like that is it just because it's draymond green but no i don't feel like it i think it's just the proliferation of it's content content everywhere and athletes talking so much like we haven't even talked about how um Travis Kelsey should obviously quit football and become a comedic actor. He was incredible. Charming. I thought he was a third. I thought he was a second day pick when we were texting about Travis Kelsey hosting SNL and he was first day. No question. And but, but your point is so dead on because not only is like on its own separate tack, the NFL, like catching up with the NBA in terms of just shit talk, we're seeing like, all sorts of dudes tweeting let alone podcasting in a way that made me think like maybe the nba is kind of in second place and then this happened and i was like we could do a whole bracket just a bracket of guys talking each other and we should crown a winner at the end like this is what this is give the crew some more homework like you like to do oh yeah i would say that 64. um, you could never like i don't know i'm a grown-up and i've been around things and so like making me nervous is like hard to do with just words when I'm reading them. But I will say AJ Brown's words made me nervous when he was coming at Juju and he, he texted. I'm about all the. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't hit you that hard because I, I don't know. There's a perfect for me, at least there's like a perfect level of like, over the topness and like calmness when you feel that or hear that or see that yes. in someone you're like nope not you know that what one. It is? like somebody who's like wow like man i'm gonna do like mm, okay and other people who are just like don't mess with me that's a little too low but when you like look cut through all this i'm about all the dumb <laughs> when when you are self-aware about the amount of dumb you are about you're a terrifying person you have opted into the dumb and not only that you are choosing to maximize the amount of dumb 
you're going to engage in. And I don't want to with that guy. And he's also like built like a defensive end. He's also like, that. he's enormous and strong. Maybe not a defensive end, like a, a, a 90s middle linebacker. <laughs> they were big in the 90s. They were, uh, again, the body. I do know, though. Mystery. If Bigger anyone, sometimes, smaller others. I, I know. I, I'm going to keep it in my pocket. If somebody come at me with something, I'm going to calmly tell them, hey, I don't know what you about, but I'm about all the dumb <laughs> And that should end it right there. If it escalates from there, then I don't know what to say. I'm going to apologize and see if I can find Draymond Green. Like, jump, sir, can I clarify over. which dumb <laughs> you're into? All Are we talking like... 